Are you searching for the direction to succeed at the business of life? Struggling with debt, decisions, stress, or just trying to find the right mentor? Look no further, because your host, Paul Ciarto, is giving you the non-negotiable life lessons to get on the right path to building perpetual wealth and establishing the never-broken mindset. So this week, I really want to think outside the box when it comes to just the general never-broken mindset, because I'm in the world of building businesses, not just mentoring, not just helping people figure out how to how to become successful in the in the uh, the business of life. But I work with mega organizations, and I have been dealing with a topic over the past several months, and you know, just trying to figure out what to do what to do with it. Um, so, what is the topic? Um, I want to I want to dive into what I like to call the traditional consulting model. And as far as I'm concerned, I think the traditional consulting model is completely flawed. So what does that mean? What is the traditional consulting model? So if we take a look at all of the top consulting companies out there, this includes you know, our friends over there at McKinsey, Bain, um, Big Accenture, and so on. I mean, all of these organizations, they follow a very traditionalist model when it comes to working with organizations and helping these organizations pretty much identify marginal increases to help them really start succeeding. Um, and, and I actually have a problem with this. Why do I have a problem with this? So I want to break it down today. So first, let's take a look at what a traditional company does, what a traditional consulting company does, and why you would essentially get them involved. Um, most organizations out there listening to this are probably, probably smaller, you know, family owned sole proprietors, and you probably aren't considering bringing in a large consulting firm. But if you're a CEO, a director, a VP of a, you know, a larger organization, when I mean, when I say large, this is an organization that is, you know, you're not, you're not just doing about a million bucks a year, you're making multiple millions, hundreds of millions possibly. And these organizations, what they've done is they've built a model and this model is based on a service or a product. And what they do is they they bring these services or products to market uh, to potential customers and they try to sell these things. They try to sell these things to generate revenues. And those revenues, what do they do? Revenues help the organization produce income and sustain the overall functions within the company. It feeds everyone. It provides everyone income, salaries. Um, it provides the ability to pay for expenses. It provides, you know, it just provides cash flow to actually run the business. And what happens is in you know, in time, some organizations get very complacent. And when you become complacent, what happens? You, you, you deal with processes that may become a little bit inefficient. You have, you know, maybe some fluff in these processes. Maybe you, you have over, overloaded resource teams. You're dealing with excess. Maybe your spending habits 
are not based on a very, very, very conservative model. And what happens? It affects the bottom line of the organization. So when I say the bottom line, I'm focusing on the net margins. How much money does this organization get to keep in its pocket? How much money does this organization actually get to distribute to its potential stockholders and shareholders within the organization? So in time, some of these organizations, what happens is they get they get soft. I'm going to call it soft. And they 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 see a marginal impact because they've gotten a little soft. You know, they're not worrying so much about you know expenses anymore. They're not they're they're overpaying employees. They have a surplus of employees. And what happens is they actually put less money in the bank. So these organizations have to come up with a strategy uh, to get the get the operational functions within the, the company back on track. And in most cases, these organizations focus on internal operations. How do we do, you know, how do we do project management better? How can we save money on resourcing? How can we make these processes more efficient? How can we how can we increase the uh, the the payback of certain investments? How can we optimize how we how we spend money to acquire potential customers? So this is you know, this is where organizations get to. And what they'll do is they'll search within the market for answers. And, you know, who who would these organizations deal with, you know, for answers? Who are they going to ask? Are they going to ask other companies? Probably not. What they do is they turn to these, these mega consulting firms that, you know, supposedly have a depth a plethora of knowledge within any given domain. And what these companies do, they say, hey, I need to have someone come in to do an assessment of my organization. And, you know, we need to get back on track. We need to start increasing our margins again. We need to focus on making money and creating wealth for the company. So they'll They'll consult. They'll they'll try to hire. They'll uh, prospect these um, these large consulting firms, and what happens is these consulting firms they come in and what they do is they propose uh, with with and I got to tell you they, they propose you know uh, major organizational transformation with these amazing presentations, amazing slide decks, and you know the numbers are just they seem so valid on how they can create you know, immense change for any company. So what they do is they come to this proposal session and they pretty much sell you that they are the solution for getting your company on track to getting back to actually making a lot of money, you know? And so these companies will come in and will hire these consulting firms. And what happens in this process? This process, this process is not an overnight you know, process. This is a this is a multi-year endeavor, which is a major transformational process for the organizational, uh, you know, different organizational segments. Where this consulting firm's job is to to start by pretty much learning who you are and performing an assessment. You know, and what does that mean? And once they have this assessment, they want to break down where your organization is and make a recommendation on how your organization can now prosper forward with what's called a roadmap. 
So, um, so let's kind of dive into what these organizations do and where I see that they're so flawed within the market today compared to, you know, where some of these, uh, some of these very, very, very successful organizations are, are truly succeeding like the Amazons out there. So, so let's say a, an organization, you know, they'll bring in a, uh, a, a, um, a top consulting firm, they come in, they do the pitch, they win the pitch. Now they come in and they start with this, this assessment period. What is an assessment? So they will start with a series of workshops. And it's not, it's not just a single workshop or you know maybe a dozen workshops. This is a complete entrenchment within your organization to really try to identify what you're doing in every aspect of business, these organizations will conduct, you know, maybe maybe thirty, maybe forty, maybe a hundred different workshops. Now, the biggest flaw that I see here is that you know what they'll do is they'll conduct these workshops in a way where they're they're pretty much segmenting out how they try to learn and understand how your business is operating. And what they'll do is they'll focus on the HR team or human resources team. They'll focus on the project management team. They'll focus on your sales team. Then they'll focus on marketing and so on. So again, what they're doing is they're treating the organization as if it's a siloed operation where you have these different segments of business that are doing what? They're doing their best to operate you know, based on that line of business. So HR does what HR needs because all of the people that are within the HR group, that's what they know. That's what they understand. They're, they're managing people and they're managing the, uh, the, the, the legality around people to the best of their ability. When you go into the marketing team, what are they doing? They're doing their best to do what? To, to identify reach, to, you know, to try to get views on certain ads and to, to bring those details to your sales team so they can convert, you know, and then what about the rest of the organization like finance? What are they doing? Finance is, you know, essentially looking at the checks and balances of the operation. They're ensuring that, you know, when you're building revenues that you're not overspending, or at least they're trying to look at that. And they're looking at your general expenses. They're looking at your general overhead and so on and so on. So these consulting firms, what they're doing is they're trying to learn how you run your business. And the first problem is, in most cases, a lot of these, these, these consultants that are doing this assessment, they actually don't have the depth of experience needed to perform that assessment. So they're not 30 or 40-year veterans coming in to, a, uh, to do this assessment where they, they, uh, they know exactly what your business line is. They know everything about your business or at least the market and industry that you focus on, what they know is they follow a script. They're asking you details about these different business lines. So what can they do? They're trying to acquire as much data as possible, as much information as possible regarding your, your organization. And they're taking that back to their team and they're trying to identify areas of opportunity. Now, Again, the problem is there's no depth with the resources that are doing this, this assessment. So it's kind of a limited focus on that individual segment of the business. So if it's an HR review, the person coming in is following a script to do an assessment for the HR team and the HR processes and possibly the HR systems. Same thing with finance. You're probably going to have 
you know, someone who is a uh, maybe an accountant, if you're lucky, who's going to come in and they're going to look at the books, they're going to look at the details, they're going to try to identify areas of opportunity where they can create some efficiencies. So, so after about you know, let's say it's nine to twelve weeks of doing this assessment, what comes out of it? I mean, by, by this time of a of a twelve week assessment, you know, your uh, your organization is probably heavily frustrated they probably don't understand you know what is going on as far as creating value immediately for the organization because because you're 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 pretty much just you know uh, going through this uh, audio hell auditory hell over the next over the past nine ten nine to twelve weeks trying to just tell people what you do for a living okay so your organization's frustrated. The consulting team, they seem to have an answer for just about everything within those sessions. Even if the session is going haywire and you know downhill, they know how to respond. They know what you want to hear. And they, they, they focus on this, this pitch of positivity. And their goal is to keep you on track, to get the information they need, to bring back to the team, to find areas of opportunity. So after nine to 12 weeks, your organization's frustrated. You don't see the value. Now the consulting team goes, look, we're done with our assessment. And what we're going to do is we're going to compile the results. And from here now, you have this, you know, another probably two plus, maybe two to four week waiting period of the compilation of what did they learn about your company? And what they're doing is they're actually going through the I like to call it the day in the life of the day in the life of the organization where they are trying to identify what's happening, who's doing it, where is it happening, how's it happening, and you know, essentially why is it happening? And what they're doing is they're comparing it to a known good baseline or they're going through and they're trying to identify areas of efficiency. So for example, if it takes you 20 steps to enroll a new employee into the organization because there's 15 steps in a system that is very confusing or it's a legacy platform they're 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 looking at that they're looking at you know hey it takes 15 steps just for the legacy platform maybe if we make a recommendation to move them off of this platform and onto a new platform that's two steps what just happened you know, theoretically, and if you quantify, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the case here, you should be able to save money, right? So that's what they're doing. They're looking for areas of efficiency gains, productivity gains, areas to actually save your organization money, okay? So now after, you know, after this period, they put together this, this massive assessment and what happens? They, now that now they go through the big reveal. The big reveal is, you know, they're going to sit all the executive teams and probably a representative from each one of these business segments in a room and what they're going to do is they're going to they're pretty much going to tell you what's wrong about your organization and trust me, they leave no detail uh, uncovered. They will let you know every little aspect of the organization that is completely flawed and their goal is to we like to call this the uh, the the model of leveraging Aristotle's appeals, the appeal of pathos, creating a an emotional response of how you would react 
to hearing that your organization pretty much stinks. And the only way to fix your organization to affect the margins within the company is to go down this path of, you know, results oriented, you know, roadmap over the next 24 months. So what they're doing is they're they're trying to convince you that your organization is completely flawed internally. And then, you know, they have this solution, the light at the end of it end of their tunnel that will completely morph your organization into this highly efficient, super productive, you know, uh, super, super system that is just going to make gains again. So again, focusing on the traditional consulting organization, how do they do it? Why do they do it? And what is flawed with these organizations? Because I believe that traditional consulting model is absolutely flawed. So we're at the point where they've presented this assessment and they've broken it out. And I got to tell you, these assessments are amazing. They're just, you know, so colorful. They have the right language. They have the right structure. And they just go through every little detail that you need to hear to essentially say yes. This is a, uh, it's a plan to say yes. It's a, uh, it's a strategy to get you to say yes. And everything on paper looks just absolutely amazing. You know, how could you say no when they say they're going to create, um, they're going to optimize your resource pool and they're going to be, they're going to be able to decrease your resource pool by 10, 20, 50%. And they're going to be able to save you tons and tons and tons of money. Um, so in most cases, you know, the, the, uh, hiring company will proceed forward with these consulting firms. And what happens is you wind up setting up a, a multi-year transformational project that is focused on the internal workings of the company. And, you know, these things are, these things are good, but what, what, what they're doing is they're focusing on the different business lines. So uh, they convince you to move forward with, you know, essentially revitalizing, re-engineering the business lines within the organization. Now, again, focus, this is on the internal side of the organization and what happens is you wind up signing and it's a two-year endeavor. It's going to cost you, you know, $2 million, $10 million, $50 million, whatever it is it's going to be. But it's not going to be cheap. That's the first thing. It's not going to be cheap at all. And what typically happens is it, it becomes a, a true transformation for the company. Let's kind of break down whether that transformation is for the good or for the bad and why I believe that this consulting model is flawed. So the first thing is, whenever you hear that a consulting organization is going to is going to provide you with a roadmap to transform your company within a two-year period, don't you think that is already flawed? So if you've ever worked with these companies, they're t- they're, their models are typically 12 to 24 months. So just think about how life is today. You know, if you really want to succeed at the business of life, would you personally wait two years to create an, you know, a tran- to implement a transformation plan before you start seeing true results? Hell no. Absolutely not. You can't. So just think of that. A two-year roadmap to really see change within your company, it's already flawed because the competitive landscape is moving so quickly because of what? Because of digital transformation, because of data. Data is allowing companies to see things they've never seen before. It's allowing them to react to certain 
you know, uh, uh, predictors in the market that will pretty much transform them, you know, instantaneously. And it comes down to organizations that are agile enough to transform based on that predictive analytics model are the ones that are actually succeeding. So, so that's the first flaw is that, you know, these traditional companies, they're going to recommend 12 to 24 months to implement this major change plan. And, you know, one, we, don't, we just don't have the time. We just don't have 24 months because the landscape doesn't allow it. The competitive landscape doesn't allow it. If you're going to do anything over 24 months, you've already failed. So now let's, let's, let's say we decide to move forward, right? So now these organizations, these consulting firms, what they're doing is they're focusing on the internal functions of the company. So I think it's amazing. I actually do. I think some of these companies are just brilliant. The way they are able to come in and create, uh, first identify areas of opportunity and implement efficiency programs to ensure that you're able to enroll a new employee you know, 50% faster. Or you're able to go through finances and find areas of cost reduction within the books. I think that's absolutely amazing. Do we need that? Absolutely. Here's the problem. Okay. So a lot of these organizations, they'll come in and they'll say to the IT group, they'll say, look, we did your assessment and we identified that you operate with islands of tools. You have 20 systems to accomplish your day in the life, your work activities for the company. And what happens is the first thing they're recommending is get rid of some systems. So what happens? You're, you're, you're doing a, you're, you're going through a reduction of systems from 20 systems to maybe five systems, you know, whatever it may be, you're decreasing costs. You're immediately affecting the bottom line. But what happens is over a 24 month period, the, the, the resources are completely confused. Now they don't know where to operate. They don't know how to operate. They go through this process of not only doing an internal transformation based on a consolidation of systems and processes, but you're also going through a process of retraining everyone. You're going through a process of trying to reorganize data. So again, I think that's kind of flawed. So if we're, if we're just focusing on affecting the bottom line, in that case, with you know, uh, system reduction, you know, what is that really doing to the organization? Does it have a marginal increase and in effect on the margins? Yes, of course it will from a, you know, if you just quantify the cost but what are the overall effects on the culture and the organization and the lifestyle of the organization? I think it has a dramatic effect. So now let's let's also take a look at you know things like things like marketing. You know these these companies they come in and they say, look, your marketing is flawed because your cost of customer acquisition is so high. We need to figure out a way to reduce this. So what they'll typically do is they'll they'll start spending more money to figure out where you should be doing your marketing. Maybe they focus on digital, traditional, you know, TV or different types of media spend to find out what actually works for your company from a conversion standpoint based on your current branding methodology. So again, what does that do? Right away, you're going to see a boost in cost, but then you should see a reduction in cost because you're becoming more efficient. You're, you're doing it better because the message, the brand is being presented better, all right? So, you know, again, they're focusing on that siloed effect within just the marketing group. Um, 
I kind of want to go through. So I think we all get the gist of this, where these big companies, big consulting firms, they're going to come in, they're going to do an assessment for your organization, they're going to silo out the different business units, they're going to tell you exactly what's wrong with each one of the siloed business units, and they're going to create a plan of action to fix everything based on the individual silos. So again, another problem behind this, beyond you know what I've already mentioned, is we're still in the world of silos. You know, the marketing team is still doing their marketing thing. The IT team is still doing their IT t- thing. They're, the HR is doing theirs, and the you know the rest of the organization is doing theirs. It's again a complete silo effect. So, um, so in the big picture, you know, does it make sense to keep your organization completely siloed? When it comes to trying to revamp the organization, trying to compete with a highly competitive, agile market, probably not. And why is that? Because, you know, if if your IT group's doing something different than your accounting group and they're not on the same vision, you can't move fast enough. So now you got to go through this process of communication to get them both on speed to actually start targeting, you know, how do we start moving better? And you know, I'd, I want to kind of introduce a new way of thinking about this. And uh, I like to call it the bold way. And the bold way is focused on, you know, of course, it's not focused on this traditional model. It's focused on how can we actually decrease the consulting times from 24 months down to maybe 90 days, how can you create a model that is not siloing out or creating this specialization model within your organization, and it's focusing on a full collaborative model, an integrated model focused on a single vision? How can you create a strategy, again, that is opposing the traditional model that that doesn't focus on the internal efficiencies and productivities um, and, you know, maximizing everything you can do internally, you know, over a two-year period. What I mean is, you know, why are we focusing there when we should be focusing on what I like to call impact? Impact is focused on reach, revenue, which in turn will affect margin. And if we start thinking with this model first, before we start focusing on internal processes and people efficiencies and you know increasing productivity and rearranging finances and so on, you know what could the true effect be for the organization if we focused on reach first, if we focused on revenue acceleration first? So that's kind of what I want to get into over the next, you know, the next sessions um, where we're going to break down what it means to to focus on this thing I like to call the bold way, which which takes into consideration impact first before we do an internal any internal adjustment to the organization. So let's just summarize this. So again, I believe the traditional consulting model is flawed. Why did I bring this up? Because we all work. We all work for a living and, you know, we have to deal with our personal lives and our business lives. And if if you're going to really succeed at the business of life, you can't just focus on your personal side. You have to bring in the business side. So, if you're going to revamp your organization, let's say you're a large organization, how are you going to do it with impact? 
Most companies, they sit back, most executives, they say, look, we need to hire a consulting firm. So again, traditional consulting model, you hire a company like a McKinsey, they come in, they do this you know, great proposal, they do an assessment, they do workshops to understand your business. And then what they do is they create this siloed, segmented road mapping, which will revitalize your organization internally over the next 24 months. And we all need to think through methods, innovative strategies, agile models that allow us to continue to be competitive, continue to be innovative. And, you know, not just for our personal lives, but from our business lives and our businesses have to succeed just like you need to succeed. So over the next show, we're going to dive into what I like to call the bold way, what it means to create impact, how do we break it down, and how it's really going to help you succeed at the business of life. So check us out on iTunes, look look at our videos, subscribe, and we will see you next time on Never Broken Mindset.